Live life the Edgecorp way. Punch the clock. Keep your head down. Collect your pay. This is the day-to-day -day reality of working stiffs in a rough galaxy. But when the crew of the cargo freighter Calamity fails to catch break after break, their lives are turned upside down. Bad cargo, spiraling debt, and a woman's life on the line, all with the Golden League crime syndicate breathing down their necks. It's no surprise that these blue-collar folks get desperate enough to take any job. Can't let danger or moral compromises get in the way of their bonus checks. So goes life, far beyond the stars. So, this is episode three, a banner episode, I think, coming up for you. And we've talked about uh, our characters a little bit. We've talked about your inspirations behind those characters. So I want to talk a little bit about class. Because you've all got lots of it. Lots of class. This is the classiest bunch of Starfinder players ever. We are pretty darn classy. I was just waiting for Jess to burp right there. You're so kind. <laughs> so classy. And uh, all of you chose some of the most interesting classes in the game. So why don't we talk a little bit about things you think are interesting about that class, playing that class. I know that we we had one very weird encounter so far where you got to show off some of those abilities, but uh, let's let's chat about it. So I'm playing a mechanic and... I didn't actually go into Starfinder thinking that I would like the mechanic class. Just, I don't know. It, it doesn't sound like the sort of thing that I would enjoy. I'm not normally a companion class fan. But as I was building the character and looking into the ideas for for what to play, what I liked about mechanic ended up being they are very smart people. And the two stats that are my favorite in role-playing games are intelligence and charisma, because I often feel at a loss for words and always want to know more than I do. So playing a character that right off the bat is like way smarter than everyone else and way smarter than me is uh, is really interesting. You know, I would like to I would like to be able to know how to fix a car, <laughs> let alone a spaceship, but. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It is really such individualized intelligence because it's, you know, I might know a lot about a lot of things, but I have to, as the player, look up, how do engines work? How do I do <laughs> anything related to mechanics? Because it is an important skill and it is important to play a character that is, even in a sci-fi setting, is so down to Galarian, you know? Down to Galarian. Nice. <laughs> True, nice, true. nice, 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 nice. True, true. I got you there. Running a sci-fi anything because it's so much more. It's not, I, I don't want to say grounded in reality because it's definitely not. It's it's its own kind of magic, but it is magic that sounds like it could be based a little bit more on technology that we already have. So I actually had to look up a lot about hacking. I was running a different Starfinder campaign for a bunch of people that actually do hack professionally. <laughs> and I just and they, like anytime I would bring I'd be like, they'd ask me to hack the computer. And I'd be like, yeah, I you find the data point packet 
thing. And then they had to explain, <laughs> they, then they had to explain to me how hacking actually works so that I could then explain it back to them in a way that sounded Starfindery. And <laughs> so it's just, it's showing me a lot of the gaps in my knowledge, I guess. So I'm glad you're looking up stuff about being a mechanic because I know nothing. <laughs> Jess, tell me, tell me about ballads class. I'm a Solarian. What I thought was cool so about cool. the Solarian class is it's very emblematic of how I imagine Ballad as a character. She is someone with a an immense amount of depth and understanding of the universe, but it's hard to get past the surface. The surface is all she shows and you're going to be hard pressed to figure out what's going on underneath, but there's just so much going on. And with Solarians, some people have compared it to like Jedi. I don't know that it's quite like that because if I was going to compare her to any Jedi or the Solarian class to any Jedi, it would be like Mace Windu, who canonically the only, (laughs) the reason he's the only one with a purple lightsaber, which this was retconned for Samuel L. Jackson, who was like, I'm going to have a fucking purple lightsaber. Fuck you. Fight me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They basically added a backstory for him where he incorporate a lot of darkness into He's a little bit light, a little bit dark. So he has this mixture of the two. Okay. Which is why he's allowed to have a red plus blue lightsaber. Because, you know, red is normally the Sith color. So the dark side. I like that retroactive trying to make a purple lightsaber make sense in the established lore. Oh, he's the coolest. He also crushed uh, the reason General Grievous has that like wheeze is that he is force crushed General Grievous's like breathing apparatus. It's oh, I love Mace Windu. Anyways, really, um, (laughs) that's why. (laughs) Yes, he's the best. He's this is a Mace Windu fan cast now. Yeah, we could go. Screw Mandalorian. We need a Mace Windu series. That's all I want. That's all I want. I would totally watch that. My favorite character. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) give it. The way it's described is understanding the circle of life, essentially, understanding creation and destruction, not as two opposing forces, but part of the same sort of cycle, you know. So she can manifest one or the other as far as energy or entropy. Gotcha. Yeah, I thought that was so dope. There were multiple reasons I chose it. It reminded me of a class in Mass Effect. You know, you can do all the black hole effects and things like that. You can do stuff like that as a Solarian. Plus, you are charisma based and strength based mm-hmm. i didn't want to just do a, a straight up soldier in this case because i just find that so boring honestly what do you have um, so many wild options for what you can yeah. do like why be why be a soldier i wanted someone a little magic and so mm-hmm. and i love charisma based character like that's why i loved being a paladin charisma base all that kind of stuff so There are issues with some of the abilities. Trying to use, for example, my black hole ability, it's going to very rarely do anything. (laughs) But you still have some cool stuff that offsets it. They're just not Mm -hmm. completely optimal, but I'm fine with that. I think it's fun to have some flaws. Yeah. It's not like we've ever played optimal parties or anything. No, exactly. I I don't think I've ever. (laughs) Yeah, I've never had an optimized character. It's always been flavor, flavor, flavor. And I find Mm -hmm. Solarian such a flavorful, damage-heavy melee option that's also just has so many cool intricacies and has this very cool, um, you know, sort of ethos about it. That's my feels on the on the class. <laughs> I 100% agree with you because I've I've never been a big per, I've never been big on optimization first 
in characters I play either. I always play something I think sounds fun or has a cool lore to it. And Solarians mm-hmm. really check a lot of really check a lot of those boxes as far as like, space magic yeah. goes. I'm glad you're playing a Solarian. <laughs> All right, our resident technomancer. Oh, great segue. Thank you. I'm amazing at segues. <laughs> uh technomancer i i really wanted to go something space oriented because if you're gonna go you know starfinder you need something sci-fi uh i also wanted magic and like i said before i like creating these concepts and kind of building the layers around it i had a chance to play the technomancer but just for kind of one level and i really enjoyed it i Enjoy it for the Miss Fanny character specifically because it's this kind of blending of magic and technology. So because Miss Fanny is an Astrozoan is, uh, you know, a shape changer. And this is kind of how I perceive that they interact with the world through this empathy and let me walk a mile in your shoes. Well, this way I can walk a mile in your magical shoes. I can walk a mile in your power armor rocket thruster boots so for me it combines those two elements and that's what really drew me into the technomancer and lo and behold that's the class i went with for miss fanny so cool and just the spell list i'm already a big fan on they have stuff that's you know your traditional pew pew fire 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 mm-hmm. one could say and uh, <laughs> uh, others that are kind of non-combat items i mean i mean you know your your spell casting classes usually have those anyway but i like the mix between that kind of technology having a power armor suit um using mm-hmm. magic to interact with technology or using technology to interact with magic uh, was really a big draw in for me so once again when I was taking a look at the classes and I was taking a look at Mystic, um, same thing, Mechanic. I I know I wanted to be a a pilot and I wanted to uh, get my hands dirty with some technology. And uh, really, Technomancer kind of checked all the boxes for me. Magicness, uh, piloting, computers, lasers, spells. And anyway, I could go on and on, of course. uh, But uh, honestly... Mm -hmm. That uh, Technomancer really just kind of hit it on the nose for me. And um, I'm looking forward to going many, many levels in it as much as I can. And now that I think about it, you know, who wouldn't want to be a sci-fi spell chucking character in a space opera? Yes. Nice. I, and I also really I like that about Technomancy is that of... of magic and technology as the as two sides of the same coin that that technology is magical in many ways and that magic is a form of technology and Mm -hmm. that the technomancer blends the two together in a way that i think is really cool so i'm really excited to see i'm really excited to see where that goes to angel i'm also really excited to see what the hell is going to happen with dustin's character he begins with dropping trash on my head where does it go from there? <laughs> Friday is a witch warper. You know the truth that everything around you is merely a thin veil draped across the infinite tapestry of existence. Your reality is palimpsest with all possible worlds and all alternate existences at your disposal. And I just love that so much. 
Mm-hmm. I started my character and deciding to do a witch warper because I really have been wanting to play a gunslinger for like two and a half years now, pretty much since we started Reign of Winter. And of course, I was GM, so I couldn't do a <laughs> gunslinger then. 2E does not have a gunslinger class, hopefully someday. And in Starfinder, everybody's a gunslinger. So I was just like, okay, what am I going to do? I want to create a cowboy personality. I got the idea watching Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. When you are a poor kid living in a rural town, you have to find some very creative way, rural, not even town, rural area, you have to find creative ways to keep your mind going. Uh, you can only play so many video games, and the internet for me was really, wasn't really around yet. It was a really slow internet connection, uh, and it was not even the real internet at that point. 80s, baby. Yeah, exactly. So it was doing things to keep myself occupied, like when my mom went to the fabric store, there was a big bathtub a clawed bathtub full of buttons and I would sit there for hours and I would stack buttons and or sort the buttons and just to keep my mind occupied and so I thought the idea of having a Mike TV character who is obsessed with TV uh, being able to pierce the reality into a television set and see all these different worlds and see all these different TV shows from other realities and just how cool that would be as a kid living in a rural area. And I just fell in love with the character pretty much right away. And that is kind of the genesis of his ability is it started out with just trying to keep his mind occupied in a kid in the middle of nowhere. If telekinesis is ever going to develop, it's going to develop in the kid whose whole life is stacking buttons. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that sounds like a, that sounds like a great quote somewhere. Uh, but so he developed this ability to pierce the veil of reality. And what's even more fun of it is last episode, you saw him bring out a tin gun and fire little rubber bullets to pierce the reality. That is how he learned to do it was he he was a kid and he had this little gun. And he would use that to pierce the reality of existence as he grew in his power. Uh, So that is that is my witch warper. Oh, that is so like that is such a great power fantasy. A child's power fantasy for well, sure. Ultimate child's power fantasy, and it kind of it also gives me some Matilda vibes as well. It had some uh, where the wild things are too. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of that coming into it. Yeah, uh, yeah. There was a lot of that coming into my my head when I was thinking about this character. Well, those are all really solid. Excellent classes. I am glad that at least one of you went with something a little more utilitarian. Thank you, Heidi. <laughs> I was thinking about that. On the surface, the strangest character, uh, because I am I am a sentient rock person, who at least while Miss Fanny is in human form, I am the weirdest looking <laughs> one of the group. But I am also mm-hmm. the one with and- the most basic of jobs. And like it finds, I find myself wondering, you yeah. know, in a, in a world where you can merge magic and technology, what use is there for a mechanic? Uh, lots of uses. Yeah, there there are. But I was also I'm imagining because right now in our current configurations, if you stack us from most odd to least, it's also a height order because it's Saren, then Friday, then I, me. Oh I think God. I'm taller than Miss Fanny, right? Ballad is taller than Miss Fanny. Well, in my, well, I guess in their natural form. Probably a bit stooped, too. They're I'm five seven foot feet. three, so, oh. and you're a little stooped, so we'll. Oh. <laughs> I'm, Miss I'm Fanny just is 5'3", for sure. Or no, um, you would be in front of me. So almost height order, because you're definitely more weird looking than uh, Ballad is right now. 
<laughs> with the extra arms. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with the extra arms. With my little so, arms. Uh, I look like just a bog standard, pretty human lady. And that's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I love that that's all, you know, specifically outward appearance. Because oh, yeah. Ballad and Miss Fanny are both... I mean, Ballad's in disguise. Miss Fanny's not in disguise. She just is what she is at any given moment. It definitely is a weird thing that just happens to look like a more bog standard, except for the extra arms. If we were all what we actually look like, and once it would be like Friday and Ballad both look about equally weird. And mm-hmm. then uh, Miss Fanny and Saren both look about equally weird. <laughs> Space starfish. Yeah. I do like that note, Heidi, that you are at least outwardly at this moment, the most out of place looking one of the bunch. But yeah. you have the most down to earth, practical, nothing fancy <laughs> job. <laughs> Where... We had last left our intrepid crew of the Starship Calamity off was on the desert world of Akitone, where you brought a shipment of Yara berries that you'd collected from Castrovel, and you're looking to to sell them off. As you know, Runo Pratt, back in Kabarat, he really needs this shipment to go through. Is this his retirement money? Not to mention you need gas. And Friday your captain is already in a bad place with Edgecorp because he hasn't been meeting his quotas. This job is really important, and you landed in Hive Market. With great timing. With fabulous timing that I'm still mad about. I gotta tell you, a little peek behind the curtain, <laughs> you're supposed to be under a lot more pressure because you're supposed to only have a day or two before the berries go bad. It's because we have a great pilot and our GM is a horrible roller. Yep, <laughs> those two things and and definitely one of those things more than the other as a big factor and <laughs> why the berries are still very fresh and so you're not feeling actually that pressed for time. I'm still a little mad about it. <laughs> we should get top dollar for these bears. As you're driving your cargo rib cab, because remember... You tried to call Ka Imports, but you weren't able to get a hold of anyone. You tried to get the personal contact information for Siski, the owner of Ka Imports, and all you got was a voicemail. So you're a little nervous. You've decided not to unpack the yarrow berries yet, and you're heading into Hive Market in just the cab of your cargo rig. Bessie. Bessie, yes. Your cargo rig... Bessie. The cargo rig Bessie of the starship Calamity. You pass behind this giant sandstone wall that guards the market proper, and you see market stalls of every conceivable color all around you. Some of these colors might only be perceptible to Saren or to Ballad, depending on how their lenses work. And you hear around you snatches of every language spoken in known space. And then you see signs in as many languages, all crowded along haphazard pedestrian paths in a few narrow roads. This is a thriving, bustling market town of people who every walk of the galaxy, every walk of life. 
And then they get in their starship and they leave. So it's also a very like transient population that comes and goes. Interspersed among all of this are a few sandstone permanent buildings. One of these is your destination, a three-story structure with oval windows, a pair of wide double doors in front, a loading dock in the back, a few construction workers lurking out front, and what has to be a truly jarring sight for Saren and Ballad in particular. A sign reading Ichihara Hong Imports, leaning against the building, ready to be installed. This feels like a Yakuza game. <laughs> Maybe it exactly is. Exactly what I wanted. It does it. <laughs> if we just need Bessie to be pink and we'll be all ready. Jess is the only one that gets that reference. <laughs> <laughs> Majima has not one, but two pink dunk trucks. He ran one of them into a giant brothel. Uh, so that he could fight fight the man that he's just most horny to fight. That game sounds incredible. <laughs> it's it's pretty fun. It's been pretty fun. <laughs> it's the most game of all time. So Friday gets out of does he heaves a big sigh. Uh, uh, I guess we better find out if the owner's moved and starts walking towards the door. I gotta make sure that uh Everybody has their snacks already, and I've already done the uh, Miss Fanny looking out for Saren because, you know, windstorm comes up, it scratches, mm. yeah, crystal, so a big hat and maybe a nice thick coat, but something, you you, you gotta you gotta protect that uh, crystal coating, you know. Are you sure we're at the right place? Friday's already up to the door knocking on it. No answer. Maybe they're napping. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't suppose, Miss Galactic Mistress, there is some sign on here that says, we have moved to this location. Nope. Is the door open? Nope. Nope. Door's locked. I walk around the perimeter to see if there's somebody walk that might be connected to this place. Are the other three of you going with him? Or are you still fussing yeah. with uh, making sure that Saren doesn't get all scratched up, Miss Manny? Oh, well. I'm going with the captain. I guess we can go. Ballad okay. shall go with captain. Okay. <laughs> I think Saren, Saren's like, th- thank thank you, Miss Fanny. I think we should follow the captain now. And gently moves Miss Fanny's hands down <laughs> and away from your shawl. <laughs> I have a feeling when Saren gets off of Bessie, it like lifts up a bit because being a giant crystal rock person, it probably weighs down the cart a little bit. Just a little. <laughs> That's a very good visual gag. The cargo rig groans a little bit. Nothing warps, you know. It definitely (laughs) can support your weight. But if an inanimate object could be said to be relieved, it would be. (laughs) Oh, uh, I guess we could put the parking brake or the club. um, I don't know how this thing starts or stops. Is it like a... I don't know, a series of buttons or something? It's uh, it's one of those... (laughs) vehicles that only turns on if I the person has the fob so as long as I have the fob the the car won't turn on nice. okay then cool okay that tracks as long as we have the keys well then Miss Fanny's gonna groan and ever so slightly and slowly just slide out as an astrozoan are you actually in in pain or are you just simulating arthritis because you've seen old humans creak oh no that in their current form they experience everything and that's the whole the whole point of it so they want to um and also my uh stat block has a uh 
low con. So, you know, my bones are brittle. Uh, bones are creaking. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling for an astrozoan that might be novel to experience different bodies and experience their moans and gr- their pains, experiencing old age. Oh, absolutely. It's all about that empathy part of it. So, yeah, that's that's uh, 100% accurate, Dustin. And I might have mentioned it before, but that's this is how they interact with their world. So, uh, yeah, they, they want to experience it. Mm-hmm. So that's a good question. No, I... Yeah, no, that's, I mean, you know what, thank you, know, thank you for, for asking, because that is their their jam, you know, be the form, experience the form, you know, the good, the bad, the mediocre, the awesome, but all of it. So no, that's, yeah, that's, I think what it, you know, means to be an astrozoan, at least through, through my eyes or my interpretation of it is, um, again, walking, walking the mile in their uh, tentacles or wings or, <laughs> Um, claws or what what have you so their bones are creaking and their muscles are straining as they're getting out of out of bessie you're welcome (laughs) i was curious and i love the idea that she really inhabits the form which i think is really cool for spacey goo monsters to do (laughs) you're a spacey goo monster I wish I was a spacey goo monster. <laughs> Ugh, that would be amazing. Ideal. It is amazing. Okay, so you're all in one fashion or another heading around the building. There's no other entrances that you can see outside of the oval windows up above, or there's also a loading dock door. I'll check the loading dock door first. That makes sense. Yeah, do you knock? Yes. How loudly? I'm, I'm agitated, so I have a feeling I'm going to be doing it pretty loudly. Okay, yeah. Some frustrated (laughs) knocking. Absolutely. After a couple minutes, you hear finally the locks being turned on the door by the loading dock. And the the being scowling down at you is about 12 feet tall with four arms, basalt skin that looks like he emerged from the very stone of Mount Ka itself, and a very impressive set of teal tusks protruding from his jaw. A super cool looking species. Ballad, and maybe Saren too, given that Saren did so much research on Akitone while she was living here. But Ballad in particular, uh, you would know that this is a Shobhad. I just had a startling realization that a four-armed person could technically handle two two-handed weapons. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I'm very excited about that. You will notice yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that in mm-hmm. this picture, this Shobhad is holding a spear in one set of hands and a light cannon <laughs> in their other set of hands. <laughs> Ballad does not react. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though this is a beefy guy, howdy, my friend. How you doing? What do you want? I was supposed to drop off some Yara berries to the uh, the former inhabitant of this here building. Uh, I don't suppose you know where they've uh, wandered off to so I can deliver them. They consider you for a moment and then heave a sigh and open the door. Follow me. Uh, sounds good. So you all head into the building proper. And the rear of this darkened Ka Imports warehouse, as you're walking through it towards, you can assume, the main office, is filled with crates and boxes stacked over 10 feet high. And the Shobhad leads you to a rear office. It's large windows, the only source of light 
in the whole building. And there's a second Shilpad standing outside the door, glowering at you and brandishing his 12-foot pike that he is also holding. As I walk by him, I do the little hat dip and keep going. I give him a little wave. Who do you have here, (laughs) Flix? She said that she did not want to be disturbed. Flix, who you assume that must be the name of the Shohab that is guiding you. They say they have a delivery. It was, uh, well, it's supposed to be for a car imports, and uh, it looks like there's been an, either a name change or a business move, maybe? They just look at you and open the door to the rear office and jerk their head in indication that the four of you should go inside. Cool. Thank you kindly. The second Shohad by the door says, Ainsley's son, these people are asking about you. And as the four of you enter the office, a you see a human woman reclining in a chair with her boots perched on the edge of a large desk, cluttered with stacks of paper, unopened mail, and some empty coffee mugs. She looks up from a printed spreadsheet. She's got her forehead in her hands staring at this spreadsheet. She looks up and goes, Oh, thank you, grandmother. I am bored out of my mind. And I could use a distraction. What is it? Well, first off, ma'am, I have to say those are some lovely boots you have. What kind are they? Are they they snakeskin? Thank you so much for asking. These are... It's teakly lizard skin, actually. Wow, they make they definitely make your complexion shine. I like you. What could I do for the four of you? Her eyes sort of glance over the party. They linger a fraction of a second longer on Ballad, but quickly move on to eyeballing everybody else well ma'am we have a bit of a problem and i i I don't know maybe you can help me with this we were supposed to deliver some yara berries to car imports at this location but there seems to be no car imports anymore oh i am so sorry it sounds like you had a delivery for siski not for me i don't need any more inventory you know where Siski is might be found? Oh, she's gone. Left town. Family emergency, I heard. Oh, okay. Well, I don't suppose you 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 seem like the kind of lady that has contacts all over. I don't suppose you know somebody looking for some Yara berries. I don't. As you see, we only just bought out this particular franchise, and all of my time has been spent... Uh, getting this business up and running, so I'm afraid I I can't help you. Oh, well, that's a shame. I guess I'll head back to the ship and see if we can make some plans from there. Well, I appreciate your kindness. Is, um, out of curiosity, is uh, is the warehouse actually full of goods, or is it empty? It's full of a bunch of crates, Okay. You don't necessarily know what's in them. But uh, but the warehouse does appear to be full of stuff. Okay. I yeah, also... Cause... Go on. Oh, I was imagining that it was empty. So... <laughs> I was gonna... Oh my god. <laughs> well, I would all like to remind you that, like, the sign on the outside does say Ichihara Hong Imports. Uh, so I think that Ballad and Saren would certainly know that the the family does not get invested in cute import businesses just for the sake of cute import businesses. 
They're not there to sell Yara berries. <laughs> but Friday is a completely oblivious to him. And as you guys are think, and as you all are thinking about that, you see him. Well, if you, it looks like you're in the import export business. If you ever need some assistance, here's my card. We have notorious luck getting through the drift. Our skills are very lucky. Oh, thank you so much. I. Uh, she puts the card down on the table in a way that she's going to throw this away as soon as you leave. But she is <laughs> smiling at you very politely. I'll keep you in mind. That's all I ask. Guess we should be back to the ship. We should get a message to Bruno and see if he has some alternatives or maybe another buyer that might be interested. Saren, the entire time that they've been in this building has been really anxious and is having a hard time standing still, not keeping Jure cool whatsoever. <laughs> just having a hard time. Just at just the most fidgeting. Yeah. Like me on a normal day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every oh, day of your life. Ballad oh no. by contrast is completely nonplussed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no reaction to the entire situation. Just very just a normal little smile. <laughs> Pleasant Mien. Just chilling. Just chilling. Just okay. in here. I can do a culture check for uh, knowledge of the criminal underworld. <laughs> Great. And I have a better DC chance for that, even though my culture is not that high. So let's just see. Hey, all right. An 18. Uh, I mean, I guess we'll call it plus five. So I got like a 23. Okay. On a 23 culture check, uh, in addition to you're already suspicious because of just the name on the building already really gave you some big red flags. Uh, you also recognize that what Ainsley said as she as she realized that you'd entered the room, she said, thank you, grandmother, which you recognize as a reference to Lao Shu Po, who is also known as Grandmother Rat, the patron right. deity of assassins, spies, and thieves. That does not surprise me. Ballad is logging that away mm-hmm. <laughs> to be shared later. If, if you don't have any more questions for her about Siski or what to do about your delivery, then where would you like to go next? I apologize, but as we entered, you said you were bored. Would not taking an inventory of Yara Berries make you less bored? <laughs> an she eyeballs point. you a little bit. And how would that enhance my fun? Well, we made pie with some that we bought when we were on Castrovel. You Sarah could so perhaps cute. have someone make pie. Make me a diplomacy check. This is just a flat D20 roll. Nat 20. Okay. All right. All right. She's not a nice woman, but that was adorable. And pie is so good. And you seem sweet. You you all seem really y'all seem really sweet. And Friday complimented her shoes. So she she looks down at her spreadsheet for a second and then she looks back and she's like, Okay. I'll tell you what. Because you had a contract with the original owner of the store. I'll do you a favor. I'll take your shipment for 50% of what you and Siski had agreed upon. Uh, can I try to diplomatize a higher 
<laughs> yes, absolutely. You can you can try. Yeah. Use those bartering <laughs> skills. They're so good. Though. I know yarn berries are probably not your typical item that you import or export. Uh, I don't see any fruit boxes as I was coming in. But let me tell you, yarn berries on this planet are a commodity. Yara berries that are only a day old are impossible. I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't get a 25% profit off of these here Yara berries. So, I, I know you're, you're trying to be helpful, but I think giving us at least 90% of their value, it, it would be giving you a steal. And let me roll my diplomacy. Okay. My plus eight diplomacy, by the way. Woo! Nice. <laughs> that is a twenty-six. Holy shit! <laughs> Dang. With We're a twenty-six, good. you're selling it pretty good. She glances down at her spreadsheet again, and seventy percent. We've got a deal. Ninety. <laughs> Sixty-five. Okay, well, uh, I'm sure we can find someone else. These are probably in Damari Bryce. It was nice meeting, working with you, Lan. Have a nice day. As they were having that conversation, sort of excuse myself a little bit back towards the um, where things were being held. And I wanted to just sort of try to casually peek at, in, at one of the crates <laughs> with my extremely bad stealth. But I still rolled... I still rolled an 18, so it's a 17, because I have a nice one. <laughs> God, that is a bad stealth. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, she seems to be pretty occupied uh, haggling with Friday. Yeah, you take a peek in the nearest crate, and <laughs> it's it's full of tchotchke. It's full of some statuary. I don't recognize any of it. Uh, you, you kind of vaguely recognize some bad knockoffs of... Uh, like a couple of religious statues. Uh, you you rec- you see some bad, like bad knockoffs of of stuff that would go in a personal shrine of various deities. She mutters to herself, "Oh yeah, the <sighs> this is uh pretty typical of them, huh?" <laughs> well, you know what they say: a wise man can hear prophet in the wind, and the wind is not blowing this way. Do you think that price might have been okay? I'm no merchant captain. Well, I might be able to go down to 80%, but, you know, she seemed pretty stuck on that 70%. That's okay. We'll find somebody. These are some fun yarberries. I believe yeah, you. Uh, that's definitely a, you know, you would all know that's that's a wise decision on Friday's part. You know that, that even 50% of the cost of the shipment would only cover paying Runo Pratt. It would leave no profit for the rest of you and certainly not the cut that Edgecorp expects. Even 70% might have given you a little bit of an edge, but it's just, it's not enough. If it took us four days to get to the get here, I'd be like, yeah, let's unload these motherfuckers. Annoyingly for me, you're not desperate enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh- <laughs> As we return to Bessie, Ballad says quietly, just so you know, that lady uh, said something evocative of Lao Shupo, and I don't know if I need to tell you there's bad things related to Lao Shupo. Well, it's good that we didn't stay that long, huh? 
Yeah. Probably better that we don't do business with them, I'd say. She was trying to jilt us out of some yard berries. I'd rather mm-hmm. sit on the corner and sell these bloody things myself than sell them at a 50% <laughs> or even a 70% markup. That is just hollering mad. Yeah, she was definitely trying to swindle you. Not surprising since she uh, worships the go- the goddess of thieves. Let's get to Bessie and get back to the ship. We got to contact and find out if he might have another vendor. I'll do some research on my data pad while, uh, while we're driving, if you don't mind. We are sitting in the back together and she pats Saren surreptitiously on the leg. <laughs> As a sort of like, it's okay, don't worry. (laughs) Since you were not able to sell these to Ainsley, or you were at least unwilling to sell to Ainsley under the terms that she laid out, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna have to find a different buyer. There is a, I love this AP so much. Uh, Our, our good buddy, Jason Tondro wrote an entire rules section of the first book of the AP based on buying and selling cargo. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) And how you can use that to upgrade your ship. Not that you'll be able to yet because all of your money is going to Runo Pratt, Edgecorp, and then you each have like a small amount of profit. Edgecorp pays below subsistence level wages. So every single penny you make, every single credit, usually goes directly into survival related stuff. Keep you poor so you can't go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Even got a company store. Got a company store? That was the whole thing about miners back in the day is you'd go to the company store to get everything and they just stack up the money you owed so you could never leave the town because... Mm, that it was essentially indentured servitude because you were always in debt to the company. Because you have to rent your ship. You have to rent the cargo hauler. You have to pay the crew. Edgecorp sells people on a job with stock options and good benefits, but it's a uh, It's trash. It's it's the ultimate, like the the end game of late capitalism. It's a terrible place. It's the it's also the the trick because a lot of people who are poorer will go into this thinking it's a great deal and then they'll end up being trapped. Yep, it's a spider web of shit. It's disgusting, Ew. but it's what you have for now. You head back to the ship. The rules for finding a buyer essentially say that you can spend a day researching markets on the infosphere, checking with union or guild representatives, meeting local contacts, and haggling. So this is mostly going to be going on within Hive Market because there really isn't any good way to instantaneously send messages in real time back and forth between different worlds. You can do it in some cases, but not in others. Like, you can do it when you're talking to Tarika because she has a certain level of sophisticated communications equipment. But for the most part, uh, you're you're going to need to stay sort of within this local arena to be able to find a buyer. Who here has the highest diplomacy or has profession merchant? I would say I probably have the highest diplomacy. Saren, I remember you saying something that you have contacts that you can check with to potentially aid your captain. I was going to try and do a computers check, if possible, um, with my plus eight computers. Okay, to to do some research on the infosphere. Yeah. Yeah, uh, go ahead, make me a computers check, and Friday, make me a diplomacy roll. 
Would it help at all if I did an underground, like if we looked for someone maybe also again shady? <laughs> but then it begs the question, how did I know? <laughs> so so perhaps I shall not. That Yeah, that one's up to you as a character choice. Um, you could potentially aid, but... Last resort, last yeah. resort. I rolled a 13, so I got a 21. Why did you get it for your computer's check, Saren? I was wrong. It's not a plus eight. It's a plus nine. I rolled a 14 for 23. Ooh. Damn. Very nice. Damn. Okay. Yeah, you definitely, you aid. That helps. That helps. With that check, you are able to to find a buyer who also offers you 50%. Really? Only 50%, huh? Mm-hmm. Saren, make me a culture roll. <laughs> that is another natural 20 for 25. Oh, wow. <laughs> roll. wow. Yeah, okay. So just to add some... Saren, you would be able to provide this context for why you don't seem to be able to find a buyer that's willing to pay you full price, even for fresh Yara berries. The combination of the weird vibes you got off Ainsley, the, the Ichihara Hong import sign on the sidewall, you've got a feeling that the market is being poisoned against you. Captain, I think 50% is probably the best we're going to get. There's a good chance that Ainsley and her contacts in the Ichihara Hong family are probably making it so that we can't sell these Yara berries for better than what she offered us. Could I quietly now, I it may not be something I d- discuss with them, but can I consider what I might know of the criminal underground element who might still be willing to cut us a better deal because they don't necessarily give a shit about whatever rules, you know, like they're, they're willing to fuck over other scumbags, <laughs> more or less, is kind of what I'm looking for. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead and give it a try. Cuz I mean certainly the Ichihara Hongs are not the only Golden League family that has interests in hive market. Oh. Okay, so if if with my uh criminal underworld bonus, it's a 25. You're killing me, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it won't last. You're absolutely <laughs> killing me. On the sly. Yeah. And so far known only to you. There is another family working pretty prominently in Hive Market who they know they know they know a pretty they know a pretty good offer when they see one. They also adore opportunities to get in Ichihara Hong's way. But they also smell desperation. So they cut you a deal at 70. I imagine we're all chilling on the ship. And we're in this conundrum. Nobody wants to give us above 50%. And Ballad sort of sighs and looks off to one side and says, listen, can we have an agreement here not to discuss um, why I know what I'm about to tell you or any details therein? I just need a sale. Okay, sure. Great. Um, they, there are some folks in the hive market um, from a little group called the Saito family there, they would, I'm sure be much more willing to give us a, uh, well, what I've been told is 
because I, I have also been contacting them, I bet, on my little data pad, kind of like, oh, God, I'm going to probe a little bit because we can't lose that much money. Um, blah, blah, blah. And I say, uh, they'll give us a 70%. Uh, I- I have a thought. Uh, why don't we call up Ainsley and tell when we got somebody at 80 and see if we can get a bit of more going. <sighs> Captain, I don't know if that's going to work with these people. <sighs> it might be worth a try. I mean, worst case scenario, we get 50% from somebody. Uh, but we need more than 70. 70 means nothing for us. Yeah, but we're dealing with we're Ballad looks very concerned and then li- raises her mask. <laughs> her face her the bottom half of her face is now covered and she's just staring down at the floor. We don't have to use names. We can just say that we have somebody interested at 80 and we just want to give her one last chance to see if she wants to do more. Uh, it's not really what I'm concerned about, but do what you think is best. Any input from Miss Fanny or Saren? Well, Captain, you know I have complete trust in you and business dealings. I would like to make sure Runo's obligations are met. We have to consider he's put all his in one basket and need to make sure he can provide for his retirement. I imagine, Miss Fanny, as you're doing delivering the speech, you're just like you're ladling out like extra portions (laughs) of soup into every like you're all sitting in your communal like living space on the ship and you're ladling out extra portions of soup for everyone and then some extra like rock stew. Oh, absolutely. Saren. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Ballad stands up and she starts pacing. She is definitely thinking like there, there's something going on behind the mask because she's muttering to herself. And she finally speaks up and says, listen, you, you're not going to strike a deal with these people. Do you know what it means? Oh, gods, I can't tell you about. Um... Hmm. How do I put this? How do I put this? How do I put this? Fuck Edgecorp. How about that? Why don't we just take the 20% we get after the 50? Give Runo his retirement and let's, let's bust out. Let's fuck this company. They don't care about us. Captain, I have to kind of agree with Ballad on this one. We run the risk if we try and interact with Ainsley and start a bidding war of not starting a bidding war, losing any and all profits, and pretty much making an enemy uh, out of one of the most notorious families in um, Akiton. It's this family? Aren't they just a business? Yes, they are a business. They have lots of legitimate business interests. And... We don't want to be on their bad side. Friday sets down his bowl of soup after he just took a big slurp from it. Uh, I understand where you're coming from, but I- I'm going to let you in on something. I got a letter from Edgecorp today. As you all know, we were dry docked for about six months. And during that time, that was six months in which we were not earning profit. Unfortunately, they have just 
my my mom the she was getting medicine because of her edge court for all my hard work and if we don't hit goals she's gonna die and i i, I love my mom and oh and i my. can't we have to succeed we have to get our sales for this i don't know about you all but i'm tired of living on the the barely getting by myself and we're just gonna let these people take advantage of us I don't think that's right. These Yara Bears got here in one day. That is our job. That is what we're supposed to do. We provided quality service, brought quality fruit, and that make awesome pies, and they're going to just tell us that we're only going to get 70% of what we deserve? That's just not right. I'd rather take from them and get what we deserve than let the whole thing rot, personally. Listen... I'm happy with that, too. I would love nothing more than to get full price, more than full price, for these berries from whoever we sell them to. But then, instead of being scammed by them, who we're being scammed by is Edgecorp. And we can get that medicine for your mom our own way. Why can't we we take the profit? We buy the medicine. It's proprietary to Edgecorp, unfortunately. Shoot. I, I joined this service to to make sure my mom stayed alive, and I just the thought of spending most of my adult life flying this little cargo ship back and forth, only for it to mean nothing, is not okay. I've worked too hard for this. We need to get our money worth, even if it's eighty. I can do eighty, but seventy—that's just spitting in our faces taking advantage of us for who we are and what little resources they think we have. I don't know how this is going to work. The planets are not currently uh, in positions that we could feasibly travel off-world either by thrusters, which are going to take a minimum of four to six days in most cases, or um, we run the risk of drift travel taking significantly longer than the one day that it already took us to get here. Plus, we've spent another day already searching for somebody to buy these berries. I don't think we could go off world for this. Thank you for bringing some, some logic to my, my ramblings. I think I actually just had an idea that might work. We are way ahead of schedule. So why don't we get that 70% for the yard berries and use the two to three days that we again to see if maybe we can pick up some extra work and maybe we'll make some money that maybe Edge Corp just doesn't have to know about. Call call your, call your what? Sato? Saito? Saito. Call your Saito and uh, let's sell them the yard berries. Also ask them if they have any work for us. Uh, we, got, we got a couple of days and maybe we can fatten our wallets for once. Yeah, well, I'll ask him about the work. Um, you may find that it's less than savory. As long as we're not killing people, it just import export, please. That's all we got the. That's all we got the room for. Sure. <laughs> I don't care what's in it. I don't want to know. I'll just deliver it. If they want to use the Yara Berries boxes to transport Hyperleaf, they could probably do that hidden underneath. That. Is very true. Clever. <laughs> nice. You guys have an awfully interesting knowledge base. I'm gonna want to know more about that someday. Uh, we just read a lot. We were talking about books just the other day, right, Saren? Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, 
I, there's so much interesting stuff on the infosphere that you can learn. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's get this deal going. We got some yaw berries to offload. You landed here in the morning. You tried to make a deal with Ainsley. You spent the day searching for a new buyer. It's been a long day. I would say that it would make sense to try to deliver the Yara Berries the next day. So Ballad wants to more or less sneak away, but also not really. Like she knows they're going to know that she's leaving. I feel like it's implied. The reason I'm going to do this is to talk to people that you know very well. I already said and it's all, this is a high stakes thing. And now that she knows what the stakes are, she's feeling very, this has gotten a lot more urgent and she's willing to try and get a better paying sort of side gig that may, she may not want them to hear about as well if she's going to go talk to the Saito family. So you're quietly going to depart the ship. So you are hooded, cloaked, walking down the winding streets of Hive Market as you are looking for your contact in the Saito family. You (laughs) arrive at a building a little smaller than Ka Imports. They don't have quite as large of a foothold in Hive Market. And it's not not an import store. It's, It's definitely more of a specialty grocery store which was why they were more interested in the fruits that you offered and you walk around to the back the sky is a deep black overhead the stars are twinkling you don't see too many people out on the streets and yeah you go and you knock at the back door and who are you greeted by uh a I think Hmm. Also remember, quick be? caveat: this this person's not going to be high ranking in the Saito family. Like oh, they, for sure, yeah. They 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 are they are kind of an Ainsley. They're more or less an Ainsley equivalent. They are an extension of the Saito family's business. A sort of youngish, not y- young for a drow because they're a drow. Nice, 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 nice. <laughs> I um, love drow. Yes, me too. Very just stark white hair with like like an undercut blandly attractive face and when i pull back my hood i don't think there's recognition at first but then as soon as we're further in i say it's it's been a long time kyohiro and she undoes her um personation matrix and is now in full pink cat girl glory and she is supposed to be dead so <laughs> this person uh-huh. is probably like what the f yeah, being a drow, Kiyohiro has been raised in the tradition of <laughs> absolutely hiding any feelings you might be having. Yeah. Drow culture yeah. be intense. <laughs> and any any sign any outward sign of weakness is enough to give your enemies an in to mess with you. So mm-hmm. absolutely nothing shows on his face outside of a perhaps a slight widening of his eyes. And he quickly ushers you into his office and firmly shuts the door. The sun rises, as it always does in Akitone, hot, dusty. It's a desert planet. <laughs> uh, do you all want to get up super early? Get up and Adam, make this, make this delivery. I assume Ballad has provided you with the details of 
where and when and mm-hmm. how. By the time all of you woke up, Friday has Bessie hitched up to the the containers and is ready wait for you all to get up to go. And a hearty breakfast to go as well. <laughs> Captain, would you like to listen to music while we're working? It might speed things up a bit. Uh, let's get some working for a living going. <laughs> all right. We'll get that going. Hey, Jambot, will you please play working for a living mix for us? Which mix? You have three. Well, I think I'd like to listen to working for a living punk mix. That's my favorite. Working for a living punk mix. Yeah, so that starts playing. You all begin the process of loading the Yara Berries. As you know, this task takes five hours. But as you're about through with your task, you notice two familiar-looking Shobhad walking towards where you have your ship docked. Uh, one of them, who you believe this individual is Flix, you didn't catch the other one's name, says... Ainsley son has reconsidered and she says she'll buy your fruit. But the price has gone down. Thank her kindly, but uh, we gotta buy her. You know what they say a deal's a deal. I'm, I'm sorry, sirs. We do not understand this deal is a deal. I believe there has been a misunderstanding. Ainsley son will buy your fruit, or we will have problems. What kind of problems are those? Well, I think we ended things pretty amicably last time. I I hate to have a dust up. Price will continue to go down the longer you make her wait. So, do we have a deal, as you say? No, we already have a deal with someone else. Someone who's not trying to lower and gouge us at every second for waiting. Ainsley son will be very displeased. And... Flix levels his laser cannon. Oh. Straight at Ballad. Hit it, Fanny. <laughs> Yikes. Roll for initiative. Pedal Far to Beyond the, the Stars oh. is a fantastic oh. production. Oh. Thank you so much for listening to the show. High gear. If you can't get enough of our crew, we also produce a second show, the Fantastic Worlds podcast, based on the Reign of Winter adventure path for Pathfinder 1E. We also recommend connecting with our fantastic community on Discord or Reddit or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find links to access all of those on our website at fantasticworldspod.com. Thank you so, so much to our superstar Patreon member, LAB, for recommending the name Flixaline, or Flix, which I bestowed upon one of our Shobhad warriors that we met today. You will definitely be seeing more of Flix next episode, and I really hope that he's able to deal out some damage. If you'd like to support the pod, consider joining our Patreon by going to fantasticworlds.cash. You can get access to behind-the-scenes content for all of our shows and a whole extra Pathfinder podcast produced exclusively for our Patreon subscribers. I am Abby, your galactic mistress. You can find me at Bonanza Famine on Instagram or Twitter. And I'm Heidi, playing Saren, your super anxious space rock mechanic. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Vamahillion. That's V-A-M-I-H-I-L-I-O-N. Looking forward to seeing you next time, space travelers. This is your favorite four-armed alien, Angel. Well, running four-armed alien. You could reach me at Espinoza916. <laughs> 
This is Jess. You can find me at Hank the Clank. This is Dustin. You can find me pissing off all the other Dustin Alexander in the world as I've gotten the handle at Dustin Alexander. <laughs> I just now imagine like a thousand men worldwide raising their fists to the sky, just being like, curse you, Dustin Prime. <laughs> I want to be called Dustin Prime from now on. Okay, done. Anyway, if you enjoy our show, do us a favor and help spread the word to friends and family you think also might find us to be a hoot. We'll see you next time, far beyond the stars. Pew, 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 pew. pew. Far Beyond the Stars is a Fantastic Worlds production and an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. The Starfinder Adventure Pack Fly Free or Die is a trademark of Paizo, copyright 2020. All Paizo content is used with permission. Yeah, Dustin's the nacho cheese flavor. Uh, Abby, what are you, Cool Ranch? What, what's going on? Oh, absolutely on? Cool Ranch. You sure it's not Flaming Cheetos? I'm Tapatio. That's my flavor. We're going Doritos. We're go- yeah, we're going we're Doritos. Going Doritos. They have Tapatio Doritos? Get out oh, of Oh, yes. They are amazing, What? Where Angel. have I been? You must eat them. They're so good. They're my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anybody else want to give a Doritos flavor or should I finish wrapping this up? I'm spicy sweet chili. (laughs) Sweet chili. All right. All right. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. I'm not a Doritos person, so I don't know. Uh, Surprisingly, (laughs) no one. Your original flavor. We're GM flavors. You know, that's what I was giving. (laughs) You know, I'm cool ranch with my cool NPR voice. (laughs) Accurate.